to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley, a familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business, and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey, hey everybody. It is Forbes Riley here with the Forbes Factor, my absolute favorite hour of the week. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, I'm always excited to tell you where in the world I am. This last week has been one of the most fantastic of the year. My partner and I started a company three years ago, and there's an award if you build one an online funnel that grosses a million dollars. They call it the Two Comma Club. Well, this past week, my partner and I walked across stage to get a big plaque that says, you, in fact, in one funnel made a million dollars. We are officially part of the Two Comma Club. It's something we set our sights on three years ago. And as you know how much I love the idea of manifesting, we didn't even know how we were doing it. We just did. We wanted it. We set our sights on it. Boom, we got it. And just very, very excited because in the world of building online coaching and trainings, it has been a long process for me. As many of you know, I've gone through, I've been through hell and back. And I did that with an eye towards you won't have to do that. So if you ever want to reach out to us and go to pitchsecretsmasterclass.com, I share my tips, my tricks, and all of my secrets in a very transparent way that I'm not the only one to benefit from all of these. And I paid a lot of dues to get here. And then I had one of the highlights of the year. You know, I, again, as a motivational speaker to perform in front of a lot of people, to speak in a lot of colleges and corporations. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I was hosting or co-hosting a TV series called The Two-Minute Drill with David Meltzer. And at our special honored dinner for that event, he brought in Guru Dev Sri Sri Rinkyar. I got to tell you, I didn't really know who he was at the time, although I am somebody who spent my 20s in and out of an ashram. I followed a guru, I learned meditation, I learned chanting and the whole spiritual way of being in India that I I treasure very much. It's one of the reasons I speak the way I do, I eat the way I do, and uh, and I love that. And I'd let it go for a while. Well, in walks this guru who apparently is wildly popular and I forgive my naivete, didn't really know who he was. And I listened to him and I was completely captivated by this gentle spirit, this amazing man who has brokered deals between nations, who has spoken around the world. He came from a tiny little town in India. And when I had a chance to ask him a question about how he got there, he was so generous. Then he asked me about my speaking. When he left, his entourage, his team came up to me and said, hey, uh, the guru would like a private audience with you. Now, of all the things that you get to do in your life, or you want to be acknowledged, you want to be noticed. That's probably one of my proudest moments. And I spoke about what I'm up to and the the people that I focus on and who I'm helping with this point in my life. And they invited me to a thing called the World Culture Festival. They've done it twice before around the world. They had a million people in India and they said they were doing it in Washington, DC. They said they were going to have a half a million people on the mall. Do you know what that is? That's between the Capitol building and the Lincoln Memorial, that entire stretch that you see during inaugurations. They asked me to be an honored guest to sit on the stage. And I'm I'm still just not quite sure what all of this is. Well, a few days ago, I flew up to Washington, D.C., and I have to tell you, I was in shock. Not only were there 150 countries represented, there were 18,000 dancers, performers from around the globe. And I'm going to shock my guest who's coming up in just a second, but a dear friend of ours was also in the mix, Dr. Robert Goldman. 
And I, I was so surprised and, and delighted to see a man who I, I hold in the highest esteem. He is a, a patent holder. He's a world record setter. He's, a, he's one of the most amazing men on the planet. And he happened to be involved in this as well. I have pictures of this on my Facebook. I would love to share this with you. The World Culture Festival was all about peace. And the thing that struck me the most is as I'm looking at this gorgeous stage and the 500,000 people that are in the audience, I look to my left and behind the stage was the Capitol building. And two nights ago, they were voting on whether they're going to shut the government down or not. And this entire audience is meditating and dancing and singing for one thing, world peace. And as they brought on leaders from around the globe, the former president and vice and minister, whatever they call in that country, the prime ministers of Ecuador, New Zealand, Japan, uh, China. I mean, it was it was really that magnificent of the level of people who spoke. I don't think I've ever been around that. And we got to go to an honored lunch where, again, they spoke. And when Guru Dev did this meditation, I will swear that I was just transported somewhere else. Something's magical. And my hope for all of you listening to this is that you think about what does world peace look like? What does it mean to be in harmony with people around you? To live your dream, but acknowledge other people's dreams and cultures that may be wildly different from you, but a world where everyone has a right to be. And so I am ignited. I'm on fire. I'm empowered. And it brings me great delight to introduce to you my one and only guest today. She has long been a hero of mine because she has been in almost more than 90 feature films as a martial artist. Now, there's not many women who've gotten to that level and you're going to hear all about her. I had a chance to meet her many years ago and I was inducted into one of the ceremonies because I've also been a martial artist, but not nearly at her level. I think I pretend to be a martial artist. She's the real deal. And she is the only female at that level. No one even comes close to her. Uh, I'll let you meet her. And then I've got some fun news about what we're going to be doing together. I could not be more blessed and honored to bring Cynthia Rothrock to my stage, the one and only rock star herself. <laughs> and the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> Hi there. Oh, you know, I, 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 I've loved you long before I knew who you were. I mean, like I had seen you up there. I got mugged in the early 80s in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And I took my first martial arts class the day after, my first self-defense class the day after. I wish someone had said maybe I should have studied that before. Absolutely. Yeah. But I ended up in a dojo up in North Hollywood for four years doing Taekwondo. And that led to a love of martial arts that led to Aikido and Wing Chun. And I could go on and on. And here you are. I just manifested you. <laughs> what is it, what is it for, before we get to all the details, what does it feel like to be the woman who is that? Like you are the only woman in that space. Well, well, there's there's a lot of women, you know, that do a lot for martial arts and give back. I've just been doing it for a long time. I mean, this year it's 50 years that I've been involved in martial arts, and uh, ever since then, uh, from that day, I never stopped. Every uh, everything I do involves martial arts, like somewhat, you know. And it's funny because, like you said, you know, we get all these awards, we get these lifetime achievement awards, and I, I feel like I'm just starting, even though I've been at it so long. You know, it's um, I just I just keep going, I just keep doing my best. I keep uh, promoting martial arts, you know, through uh, all different forms, whether it's through classes or media or movies. And you know, I'm an advocate, like you said, you know, you wish someone told you that sooner. I'm such an advocate that everybody should learn some self-defense, you know, don't wait till something happens, but that way it could probably have been preventable, you know. How did you get started in that? 
Ah, uh, well, um, I started when I was 13 and um, I'm kind of like an out of the box kind of person. I like to do things that are different. Uh, I don't like to do things the easy way. Uh, and um, my girlfriend's parents owned a health club and uh, it was called Elaine Powers is for women only. And on Sunday, they would close the gym and that's when they would clean the equipment. So they had a big, big open room for exercise. It was carpeted all in pink. And while they were cleaning the equipment, my friend and I would go down and do flips and rolls. And, you know, we would just have a grand time in this big room. Well, then when they got done cleaning, the parents came in and they had their karate uniforms on and they started practicing their movements. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. And they said, well, uh, we're learning uh and they said, we learn how to defend ourselves with our hands and feet. And I thought, wow, what a different concept. I've never heard of anything like that. Um, and I liked the uniform and I was like, wow, I, I want to get a belt someday. So yeah, I went home. I told my mom, I said, you know, I want to study martial arts. And she thought I was crazy, but my mom was always very supportive in anything I wanted to do. So uh, she signed me up uh, at the Scranton Karate School. <laughs> And, you know, it's funny. Here's a here's a crazy story. I don't know how it fits into my entire life. Do you remember a bookmobile like would drive around and you could get books? You could go out like it would like a like an ice cream truck, only it was a bookmobile. Yeah, very, kind of. Yeah. Right. The very first book I ever bought, and I'm not sure why, and I still have it, is a small little book about Aikido. Oh, okay. And I'm not sure what drew it to me. And then yeah. I would watch movies about these these martial arts or living in Tibet or studying all of this. The fact that you got to live that. How many years did you did you train in the beginning? What was the in Tung Sudo? Uh, well, when I, I started off, I started off uh, doing it twice a week, you know, and uh, this was back in the mid 70s. So at that time, uh, there weren't that many women involved in martial arts. And um, as a matter of fact, not that many people uh, were, were involved in martial arts at that time. And um I started off two two times a week, you know, and I was a young girl and I'm in a class with all guys and I felt intimidated. I felt like I couldn't shout, you know, I could not get this turn that I was trying to practice. And I started getting a little defeated. Um, the second class, they put me in a sparring class with a guy and he hit me in the head, almost knocked me out. Oh, and my wow. instructor said, you know, don't use your head to block. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Then, um, you know, we had to do so many push-ups. If someone was doing something incorrectly, everybody had to do 100 push-ups. It was a, a total different time back then in training. And uh, then I learned a front kick. And someone came up and said, try to break this board. And it was a half a board. So it was hard to break a board, but never for a beginner. But this was a, a half a board with a big knot in it. And I broke my toe. So I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. And um, I actually told my mom, I don't think this is for me. And I'm sitting in class one day and my mom said, well, I signed you up for four months. You're going to, uh, you're going to do this. And this was like a lifetime lesson. I learned uh, my teacher gave a speech about quitters, how quitters are losers. And uh, if you have a negative attitude, you're never going to succeed. And if your training isn't coming along how it should, it's because of the way you look at things you're not practicing. And I thought this speech was focused right at me. And I started thinking, yeah, I have a bad attitude. So I started thinking, I love push-ups. Push-ups are great. Push-ups will make my upper body stronger, you know? Um, and and then I I just kept practicing that move. And then finally I got it. And then I've realized, you know, oh, it's all about, you know, changing, changing your attitude on things. And I went from training two days a week to three days a week to four days a week to five days a week. Wow. Well, that makes you a very unusual little girl. When most of the girls are in dance, I was in tap dance class. I was doing ballet at the time. Never heard of martial arts as a thing you could really study. Although I did like the movies. 
So what did you want to be outside of, I'm sure you didn't even think martial arts was a career. What did you want to be when you were young? Uh, well, I think the very first thing that comes to mind is I'm a, an animal lover. So I think the first thing I wanted to do is be a veterinarian because I've always had animals. But as I got older, I started getting more involved in fitness, you know, and then I started working at the health club that my uh, friend's parents were. And uh, I thought I would probably... Um, open up a gym or I would open up a, a martial arts school. Uh, I went to college uh, to be an artist. And uh, while I was there, I went to Boston University. I thought, you know, I want to be doing martial arts. I don't want to be doing this. So I left and came home and opened up uh, my first martial arts school in uh, Pennsylvania. And ever since then, uh, you know, it's always been my life. I, uh, from 1981 to 85, I was competing in professional competition and uh, martial arts taught me how to set goals. So I set this goal. I wanted to be undefeated for five years and then quit and retire as number one. And I went to mainland China back in 1982 when it was, you know, really hard to even get in there. I'm training in the mountains of Chengdu. I went to Taiwan. I went to Hong Kong. I just, uh, I had this fire, this fuel under me is that I just want to be the best. And I just kept training and training, training. And I reached that goal, um, you know, after five years. And then I started doing movies. So um, kind of like my path was almost like predetermined. It was set. This is the route I'm supposed to be on. So I think ever since uh, opening up that martial arts school, that was always in my mind that that's, you know, I was going to do things that were all martial art related. How old were you when you opened that school? I was 19. Okay, definitely predetermined because that there is no other path for you. That is what you're destined to do. <laughs> now, when you started in movies, first movie was what? Uh, first movie I did was uh, Yes, Madam. It was a Hong Kong movie. And uh, that's an interesting story uh, because I was on uh, the West Coast demonstration team with Ernie Reyes. And uh, this was a phenomenal group of martial artists that used to travel around. Uh, actually, it was the first demonstration team ever assembled. And uh, the editor from Inside Kung Fu, uh, Paul Maslick, called Ernie and he said, uh, there's a Hong Kong producer here looking for a guy. They want to come up with the next Bruce Lee. Can you bring your guys down for the audition? And he said, yeah, what about the girls? And they said, well, you could bring the girls down, but you know, they're really looking for a guy. So we all went down, auditioned, and I remember um, Corey Yoon was doing the auditions, uh, famous Hong Kong director. And I did some form fighting self-defense and weapons. And uh, Corey said, um, I want to go with a girl, not a guy. So that was in 1985. So off to Hong Kong, I went and it, and it's, you know, it's a good lesson that, you know, sometimes, you know, if you really try hard, you can change someone's mind. Like they were actually looking for a guy, you know? So, um, off to Hong Kong, 1985, my first movie was Yes, Madam with Michelle Yeoh. Oh, wow. Well, yep. you know, kind of fun how that's that's played out. My first movie was Splatter University. I was doing <laughs> horror films around the 80s. Very different energy. <laughs> yeah. And so that came out. Did that make a dent in your career? Did that said, you know what, I want to be doing it in movies or were you still focused on martial arts only? Well, you know, at this time, I, I thought this was just kind of a, one of the adventures in the life of Cynthia Rothrock. I'd do one movie and that would be it. Uh, that first movie took seven and a half months. So I'm living in Hong Kong that time. And um, all I remember, it was really funny. I kept thinking that, ooh, I'm in a movie. Someday I'll maybe I'll be on the poster and I could show my kids. Look, your mom was in a movie. So that was that was like what was going through my mind at that time. Uh, after the movie came out, uh, 
actually Sammo Hung started looking at the daily. So he signed me to do Shanghai Express. So uh, since that was my final and fifth year of competing, I was just like, okay, now I'm going to do movies. But I, it wasn't until toward the end of uh, Yes, Madam that I realized, oh, this is a new career path for me. I thought it would just be like, you know, a one-time fun thing to do. How excited were you when Michelle won the Oscar this year? Oh yeah, that that was that was awesome. It was good to see. You know, what was, what was she like back then? You guys, what was she like when you guys were working together? Well, you know, when I went over there, uh, not too many people spoke English, you know, and Michelle was the only one that uh, spoke English. So, uh, and since we were uh, like, it was a buddy picture, we were, you know, we were uh, teamed up as, as a, like, kind of like uh, cops that we became really, really good friends, you know, and um, we trained together, we supported each other because that movie was very quite difficult. We had a lot of injuries, both of us on that. And that's just just typical for Hong Kong filming. So we were a big support team. And um, at that time she was married to Dixon Poon and it was his company that was doing the film. And um, when it came out, I had offers from Golden Harvest, Cinema City, uh, Dixon's company, which was D&B Films, you know, to do it, to to continue. And um, I went with Golden Harvest because at that point, I heard of Golden Harvest. I knew Jackie Chan. I knew his old Kung Fu movies. So it was always like Golden Harvest, Golden Harvest. And I think uh, Dixon didn't wasn't really happy that I went with Golden Harvest. And kind of then we kind of lost, uh, you know, connection, Michelle and I. But like during that time, we were like such a, a support team for each other and had the same goal in mind. Like here, uh, Corey Yoon is taking this chance of putting two female leads doing an action picture. Yeah. Now, okay. So I'm, I forgive me. I have not seen the movie. I cannot wait to see it. Is it in English and in Chinese? Well, well, when you're, when we were over there shooting, it was, uh, you know, they shoot with no sound back then. They, there was no sound at all. So it gets dubbed and they dub it in all different languages. But it was funny because when I went over there, I, um, was used to seeing Hong Kong movies, uh, period films, you know, so I thought they were going to dress me in Chinese clothes. I'd have these long black braids with razor blades in them and I'd be twirling them. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. And I get over there and they're like, no, you're, you play Cindy, a cop from England. <laughs> and I'm like, do I wear like just regular clothes? They're like, yeah. So it was totally, I had no idea what to expect. I'm thinking, you know, I'm flying into Hong Kong. I'm thinking of Enter the Dragon. I'm coming to Hans Island, going over to the harbor and stuff, you know? And so it was all a learning experience for me. Uh, you know, it, it uh, so I think you can see that movie dubbed. You could see it subtitled. You could see it in different languages, depending on what version you get. Well, I want everyone. I cannot. I've got a whole bunch of people listening to us live. So it's called Yes, Madam, starring Cynthia Rothrock and Michelle Yao. I can't wait to see this. Um, and so now we're, we're starting a film career, which must have been so very exciting back then. Was it more in Asia or more here to start with? I was all in Asia. Uh, actually, wow. my first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did one movie in Thai. Uh, where did we do it? In Thailand. It was called No Retreat, No Surrender Part Two. That was a co-production with a Hong Kong company and um, an American company. But pretty much I did. Uh, I did seven films there. And uh, then when my contract was up with Golden Harvest, I, I started I was really popular in distribution, you know, different countries for doing martial art movies. So I started getting offers, you know, from, uh, you know, America doing that. So then from that point on, I um, 
It was actually, my life has been so crazy. I had a, I literally had a contract with Sylvester Stallone to shoot a movie called The Executioner. And he uh, set me up with his agent, with his attorney, and they didn't want me doing any more Hong Kong movies. So that's why I didn't go back there. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be in a movie with Sylvester Stallone, you know, and I, oh, I got to listen to everything they say. And that movie never went. You never went. Uh, and it was funny because back in that day, we had what was called a pay or play. That meant uh, you signed a contract. If they didn't do it, you still got paid. And to this day, I got paid more for that film than I ever had. But I would have rather have not got paid anything and done, you know, the movie with Stallone. But but that was that was kind of that was, you know, just. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting in that world, in that industry, it's never quite what we think. And I will say it's probably a lot of luck for people who end up really making it and very, very small numbers. But you've yeah. had a chance to work with some of the great people that in, in your, how many films have you done? I've done uh, probably a little bit over 70 right now. I, I think that's like the most you can possibly do. You and you and Sean Connery <laughs> and he lived to 90 something, right? Uh, I want to do a quick jump and then we'll come back if we have time. There's a reason Cynthia and I are hanging out together. You've decided after all these years that you're going to jump into the producer hat. Have you ever done that before? I have not. No, this was the first time. Okay. So this is wildly exciting guys. One of the things about being a woman in the film industry, there's not a lot of women producers, not a And it, it, again, it used to be a lot of you're the co-star, even if you're the star of the movie, it's the guy's movie. And not until recently have you seen women headlining movies and getting the respect that they deserve. But I would assume in martial arts movies, that's still mostly the guys. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I was lucky that Golden Harvest, you know, decided they wanted to go with female leads, you know, uh, and th those movies would be quite successful. But then again, you would do some that's like, OK, yeah, you're a good fighter. But in the end, the guy has to come in to save you. You know, um, I feel, though, even you're looking back like in the 80s and 90s, it still was a big progress for uh, me to start in like Sworn to Justice, you know, China O'Brien, a female lead in action uh, pictures, but still the world wasn't the producers still weren't ready they would always like all right well we'll rather get you know sharon stone to do this or something like instead of having like an action star even the expendables you know they had all the guys in it but they didn't have the women you know so um it's always been in my mind that someday I want to do my own film because, you know, when we're doing action pictures, I don't have any control over it. I, you know, I always want to make sure the action is incredible. And sometimes you get to set. It isn't, you know, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to have six hours to do this scene. And you get to set. It's like we have 20 minutes to do it, you know, and you're not happy with it. And I said, you know, someday I'm going to do my movie where I'm going to pick the cast and uh, I'm going to be in control of the lighting, of the costume, of the story. And number one, the action. And finally, uh, last year, I uh, just decided, yes, uh, I'm going to do this. Uh, started with the storyline. Uh, my partner, Robert, and I uh, wrote it uh, with another writer. Um, we are producing it, uh, starring in it. And I, I'm just so excited. And I'm so excited to have you in it. I am so blessed. Uh, you are going to be phenomenal. Uh, and, and you know what? It's like the whole cast here. It's handpicked by me and... Uh, you know, this uh, movie, Black Creek, uh, it's a dark, gritty Western. And that's because that's what I like. That's the kind of movies I like. So uh, I'm hoping that everybody uh, will will enjoy it because I am so trying my best to make this like one of the best films I've ever done. 
my girl, you are doing a phenomenal job. I feel blessed in my life. Many of my audience knows my journey. Uh, and I stopped acting for a little while after Hollywood. Just, you know, I had the lead in television series and then my name wasn't big enough to launch the series. And they gave my role of the bad girl to Bo Derek. And I just was reminded that Hollywood is made up of very strange types and who they think should be famous and who they think should be successful. And I went off to work on my business and raise my children, but I've missed my acting career. And I said to my, my daughter, who I'm in business with, I said, I cannot wait to go back and be in a movie. I miss that so much. Seeing my name on a call sheet has always been one of the highlights. And with that around my birthday, your film came into my, my, my sphere. And I'm just, I don't think I could be happier. Not only that, but I know your producers from Christopher Howard, who helped me start my business career, to Don the Dragon Wilson, who you and I both work with. Guys, he's an 11 time world champion kickboxer. He's a fan of my fitness product, which helped me with my launch. And just an amazing guy. I love, we just did a table read to see the two of you together. It is like an absolute dream what he does for you and your character. But I will tell you, when we come back and talk a little about the movie, because I'll tell you what I've been telling people. I think, I mean, obviously you have, you created it, you're starring in it, but I think it's a little bit of a metaphor for the sex trafficking world that we're dealing with now. And I'm like, you know, set in the 1890s, the way you guys come in and save the day and help women who are being persecuted or prosecuted, and, and it's horrible. I'm almost looking at Richard Norton, who, by the way, sexiest bad guy ever. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys, this is going to be the most amazing movie. And I get to be his, well, maybe his sidekick. Um, but it reminds me a little of Jeffrey Epstein. Isn't that crazy? Don't mm -hmm. tell anybody, because mm -hmm. we, we don't want anyone to think about it that way. All right, we're going to take our first break. We, I'm so honored right now. When we come back, Cynthia has taken what everybody dreams of. What is the biggest dream that you have in life? What scares you the most? And saying, I'm just going to dive headfirst into it. And what I love about you and the way you're doing it is if you look back to your life, which is the movie, where's the Cynthia Rothrock story? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back after this message. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. We're right back after this message. Don't go away. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight-toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert Forbes Riley, the Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. 
If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join Rebecca Hall Greider every week for her new podcast, The Author's Journey. Spend some time getting to know best-selling expert authors, discuss and listen to their journey, and find out what works for them and what hasn't. If you're an aspiring author, you'll want to hear their amazing tips that help you in your own author's journey. Each program helps you discover your own gifts and bring them and your message forward. The Author's Journey. Listen for new episodes on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. It's Forbes Riley. We're back with the Forbes Factor and my very special guest. I could, I'm having the time of my life. I hope you're enjoying this. And if you do, make sure that you like and follow us and share this with your friends. This is a very special episode. I'm here with Cynthia Rothrock, my producer, my hero, my idol. I don't know. I got a whole bunch of titles that she doesn't know about. I don't want to fawn over her because that's just kind of wonderful. <laughs> All right. I'm here with martial arts superstar and now producer and the star of Black Creek, the movie, Miss Cynthia Rothrock. Ooh, I just love saying that. You have no idea how happy I am. You just, it's a bit of a dream come true. When people say to you, it's too hard, I can't do it. What do you tell them? Oh, I just say, you know what? You can't, you can't give up. You can't have that attitude. Uh, that is even not in my vocabulary an- anymore. And I've learned from early days, just it, right there, you're putting a negative and you're not going to do it, you know? So you, you have to, uh, you, you know, everybody fails at things. Everybody does, but it just, you just have to keep on going. You have to learn from it, you know, and accept, accept a failure as a, a learning curve, you know? And, uh, the more positive I really, because I've experienced this in my life, you know, because I've done so many, so many things that I gave up on and it gets easier. It gets easier, uh, you know, and it's just, it's mindset. It's mindset totally. You know, you have to change your your mindset and it doesn't matter. It's not a race. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you keep going forward at your own pace as long as you keep moving ahead and ahead. Things just get easier and better. In the martial arts world, who do you look up to? 
Who do I look up to? Oh my gosh. I, I look up to, to so many people. First of all, I totally respect people that get a black belt because there's a lot of hard work uh, that goes into that, you know, a lot of training, a lot of uh, um, mental and physical training. Uh, I respect every uh, martial art instructor that I've trained with. Um, you know, I think martial arts is all about respect and we just respect everybody for what, what they go through, what, you know, it takes to get to be a black belt or a martial art teacher. So there's like so many, so many, many people, you know, um, I, respect you so much or power women, women that are powerful, helping other people, you know, and uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, there's too, too many, too many to even say to single anybody out, but it's not, um, you know, it's funny. I know Wing Chun, it was started by a Chinese nun, one of the first women in, in the world of martial arts. Um, is there a woman that you could look up to? And I, I say this because in my world of motivational speakers, that's one thing that's been driving me is that there are not, I don't, didn't have a lot of female role models. I had role models, but none who were doing exactly what I'm doing the way I'm doing it. You? Yeah. You know, there's, 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 uh, nowadays, there's so many women getting involved in uh, stunts, you know, getting involved in, in film work. And they always say, you know, thank you for paving the way, you know, or, you know, because of what I saw you do, uh, I'm doing that. But I think, you know, it's a funny story. When I was a, a kid, I had a book, like you had the Aikido book. I had a book by a woman called Bosin Mark, who is uh, Donnie Yen's mother. Oh, wow. I, and uh, I just saw, oh my gosh, it's a woman. It's a woman. And she was doing a sword form. And I would practice that sword form out of the book, you know? And she was an inspiration to me because she was the very first woman that I've seen anything in print or whatever. Because here I am thinking, oh, I'm one of the few women that do this. Yeah. And um, to this day, I still haven't, I haven't met her yet, but I would love to. I think she's like in, in Boston, but she uh, probably doesn't know it, but she has been like an inspiration to me. Well, that, that's how I feel about when I remember when I met you at the gala uh, many, many years ago when you're getting these beautiful awards. I was, you were the most exciting person. I, I was like, oh my gosh, as a female, just finding women role models who have yeah. stuck to it. I mean, because most of your fights, I would imagine, are with men. Am I correct? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. But, you know, like as the time goes on, more and more women are are getting involved in it. I mean, each year there's more and more and more. And I think because they just realize, you know, um, the importance of learning how to defend yourself. But, you know, I always say it's such a, a great sport to do because you're learning defense and you're also getting in the greatest shape possible. You know, you know one so, of the reasons so I win, win. Yeah. One of the reasons I continued, I was in New York and I, I wanted to stop, but I had a really cute instructor. And so I would, <laughs> I remember going, that was, and I used to get hit a lot and so I'm like, okay, I'm still willing to be here. Um, <laughs> but it's, I use this in my teaching. I don't know why I'm so drawn to the world of martial arts. I think in a former life, that was part of my upbringing. I have this fantasy of being in Nepal or training in Japan. I just, I just would love, I wish I had done more. And as I listened to you training over there and being in movies over there, it was such a fantasy of mine. Like, I feel like I've done it before. And I talk about when you walk into an environment, how you bow, how you, you are a white belt because at a black at some point phrase and becomes white again. A lot of the lessons I teach about life all come from martial arts. Uh, and as I watched the world culture, when they walked onto this giant arena, who walked in and touched the mat 
and, and honor themselves and honor the environment. We don't do that. We walk into schools now, we want to hit teachers and hurt each other and have zero respect. I think that's the, the essence of martial arts. There's such an honoring of wisdom of elders, and also to not think that you know it all. You know that teacup that is completely empty before you want someone else to fill it. What's some of your lessons, life lessons that you get from martial arts? Well, I'd say the first one is never to give up, uh, uh, to always try your best, no matter what you're doing, always try your best. Uh, and also uh, to be positive, to be positive. Um, you know, I, I always have that feeling if you don't have anything good to say about someone, don't say it, you know, uh, just, I think, I think the biggest thing, if I had to sum it up is being the best person that I can be. See, that's the big lesson from this. It's very, very different from sports in that it, the lessons of martial arts go to your core, go to who you are, how you function, how you respect people. All right, we have limited time. I want to get to this movie called Black Creek. How do we find out more about the movie itself? Uh, you can go on uh, blackcreekmovie.com. Uh, we, uh, the, the important thing about this, you know, uh, and it, it's, it's, about having faith in yourself and believing in yourself. Um, I raised uh, most of this money through crowd fundraising. And a lot of my male friends uh, said, uh, no, don't do it. They said, you're not going to raise the money. And they said a, a certain actor tried it and he only made so much. Why do you think you could do it? So I started getting a little apprehensive, like going, oh, geez, you know, what if I don't? It's going to be embarrassing. And, um, you know, someone said to me, well, you're not that person, you're you. And I went, yes, you're right. And I I just see, again, it was that little negativity coming in that could have stopped me from doing, get, making this dream come true of my lifetime. So that's what I'm saying is, you know, you gotta gotta stay positive. And I went for it full force and we became uh, the second most funded uh, action picture in the history of Kickstarter, which I'm so excited. So um, we still have that campaign going on for probably another week or so. Um, every penny that I've made has gone into the budget to make it better. If I make some more, then that just means, you know, oh, maybe we could have more horse. We could we could break this mirror right here instead of not having it, you know. Um, and the, the truly blessing about this is that so many people, all my friends um, are coming to this project out of love of just doing a good, good film and bringing the best together, you know? So not only, um, you know, are we trying our best that everybody is there for the same reason, you know, to do it. And I think, you know, we are just going to pull off one, one heck of a picture. Well, I'm also very happy to invest in you into the concept of project for so many reasons, guys, if you feel like you want to be part of a feature film, if you've ever had that fantasy, you go to black Creek, the movie.com blackcreekmovie.com. Say again, one more time. Blackcreekmovie.com. Oh. And they can read about it. They could read about the cast. They can read about what we're doing. Um, uh, we start shooting October 30th in uh, uh, Benson, Arizona. And we're shooting at Mescal Ranch, which is really kind of exciting for me because that's where they shot Tombstone, uh, uh, The Quick and the Dead, Outlaw Josie Wales, you know, all these great iconic Westerns, you know, we're going to be shooting in that location. Now, when you sat down to create this movie, I love the storyline. I love your character. I love how you learn from Dawn's character. It just, it, for me, it hit so many buttons that made it such a passion project. Where did this, why is this story so important to you? Well, it's 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 important to me because 
Uh, number one, it's a strong female uh, gunslinger, which you haven't seen before. Um, it's a Western. Remember, I said I'd like to do things that are different, that has a lot of action involved. You know, all my characters in it have meaning. You know, they're not they're not just thrown in there. They all have meaning. And um, it's it's just important. Like, you know, I have like you're in it, like has these strong, powerful women in it. And um, it's just I like Westerns and that's why I wanted to do that. But it's so important to me because it's it's my vision. The whole thing is is my vision. And to pull it together, I'll tell you, I'll be like, whew, <laughs> November 15th when we finish. I'm um, already seeing the premiere and the party and the accolades because now you become the female Clint Eastwood meets. I don't know who else is who else is up there? Clint Eastwood meets, who was one of your other male I not John Wayne, too old. Uh now, now, I don't know. We have to. Well, because there's been never, there's not very few people to compare it to. To have, I mean, yeah, I mean kind of came close. Never, yeah, it's history, and also, also, you know, I'm so proud of the fact that you know, uh, you know, I'm a woman doing it, you know, and I'm bringing all these fabulous cast, these martial artists together, you know, and I hope you know that it opens up doors for other women too to say, hey, if Cynthia can do that, look what she's doing now. Now I can right. do something. Like oh no, that. you're going to hear about this for decades. You, we are literally at the forefront of, of history because as a oh, female yeah. driven project, female funded project, female starring in the project, she's the hero of the movie. It's spectacular on so many levels. And I think it's an important project to be a part of. So guys, yep. if you want to go to blackcreekmovie.com, please say that you're part of this historic project. What's one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about it and so excited to bring it to you, but you also have your own site. If we want to know more about the amazing Cynthia Rothrock, where do we go? Um, you could go to my website, which is uh, CynthiaRothrockOfficial.com. I also have a YouTube channel, which is uh, Cynthia Rothrock Channel. And uh, also I'm really... Uh, um, pretty uh, dominant on Facebook. I try to answer everybody as much as I can and try to stay current posting something every day about the film or where I'm going to be. So I I, uh, I do uh, stay pretty current on all that too. So if someone wants to get in touch with me, they can do it on any of those platforms. Is your mom still alive? No, she's not. She passed away uh, three years ago. But uh, interesting story, you know, when I was thinking of doing this, because trust me, it's not easy doing all this stuff together because, you know, we're a small budget, but we actually got like a big budget cast and ideas. So trying to fit this all in, it, it's, you, you know, it's hard, like even like we are taking control of the costumes of everybody, you know, so we're doing like have a lot of hats on. But um, I heard my mom say to me, you know, before when I was ready to do this on Kickstarter saying, it's do it now or never. Cynthia, I, this is one of my favorite interviews of all time. I am excited to see you on the set. If you guys are listening to this live, make sure you go to blackcreekmovie.com. There's still ways to get involved, to contribute. And I would love that. Cynthia, final thoughts for everybody listening. Oh, I just want to thank everybody for all the support. And, uh, you know, we just pass it on. That's what we're about to support each other in all our endeavors. Well, we're rooting for you and for the movie. You guys will be invited to the premiere. You're going to hear more about this. I interview all the stars from the film coming up. But right now, I just want to wish you a very happy day. Thanks so much for joining us. I'll see you again right here on The Forbes Factor next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for making The Forbes Factor an important part of your week. 
Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.